the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky wants to talk. I don't know what the President of the Russian Federation wants, so I'm proposing a meeting. Zelensky made the proposal during a speech at the Munich Security Conference. The President, who had earlier met with US Vice President Kamala Harris, also said Russia could pick the location for the talks. He also added that Ukraine will continue to strive for a diplomatic resolution to the crisis. There was no immediate response from the Kremlin. Zelensky spoke hours after separatist leaders in eastern Ukraine ordered a full military mobilization in preparation for what they called an immediate threat of aggression from Ukrainian forces. Meanwhile, Western leaders have been making increasingly dire warnings that a Russian invasion of its neighbors appeared imminent. I'm Karen Chamas. This is SRN News. Mike Gallagher questions everything. The Clinton campaign paid a technology company to infiltrate servers belonging to Trump Tower and later the White House itself. They spied on the guy who would be the eventual sitting president of the United States of America, as he said they did, by the way. And yet they want us to believe that they wouldn't try to steal an election. The Mike Gallagher Show. Really? Weekdays at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot, from the Kirby and Christina Realty Studios. And we want to hear from you, our beloved listeners. Where do you listen? How do you listen? Whether on the app, website, or radio, who is your favorite host? Fill out our brief survey at am1280thepatriot.com, and you can win a $250 Visa gift card in Amazon Echo. Thank you for helping us make The Patriot the best that it can be. The Narn with Brad Carlson's next. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. Those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. Whoa, getting loud. Hashtag NARN Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in on a beautiful, sunny, sunny afternoon. So enjoy it for the next 12 hours before... Uh, what was the uh, what was the weather forecast, Jacob? Anywhere from an inch to seventy-eight inches of snow. Is that uh, okay? Somewhere in that range, maybe possibly. Hat tip, Rob Dor. Uh, if you ever see the, that map of uh, Minnesota saying uh, one to seventy-eight inches of snow forecast, possibly, maybe a map that's gone viral. Yeah, our good friend Rob Dor actually originated that. So give credit to Rob Dor if you're ever citing that map. By the way, uh, but uh, good to be back with you. Uh, I was off last Sunday, as has kind of become the tradition. Here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, I always take off the entire uh, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, but back in the Patriot Bunker, and a lot to get to this Sunday, as there is each and every Sunday. I think I'll I'll start off the first hour talking about some news affecting Minnesota, Twin Cities area, what have you, and then the second hour, a lot of national news to get to, and we'll certainly keep an eye on the developing situation uh, with uh, Russia potentially attacking Ukraine. I don't have any 
terrific insights on that aspect of foreign policy and, and what have you. But um, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that would not be a great thing for the world for Russia to attack Ukraine. How's that for uh, fantastic insight? But, uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep a rapt attention upon that if, indeed, uh, that uh, that goes down. But probably the real big political news here in Minnesota, and it's something that I've really gotten into as, a, as I've evolved into a political geek, political nerd over the past couple of decades, is every 10 years the congressional and legislative districts are redrawn. Because obviously we have a census, you know, in the years that end in zero. So 2000, 2010, 2020. And then uh, once that's all calculated up, then within a year and a half after the census is completed, they draw new congressional and legislative districts to ensure that each area of the state has uh, equal population represented in Congress as well as the Minnesota legislature. And kind of the early impression, and this is from uh, uh, David Montgomery at nprnews.org, is, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, I, if you follow, you should follow David Montgomery on Twitter, by the way. It's D.H. Montgomery on Twitter. Uh, he uses a lot of real cool bar graphs and, and whatnot that really help me crystallize certain issues. Uh, this one, this particular story written by Tim Pugmire and David Montgomery talking about new political district maps. Shake up Minnesota politics. A special five-judge uh, panel released new congressional and legislative maps Tuesday, setting the political playing field for Minnesota for the next 10 years. The newly drawn congressional districts keep the 7th in western Minnesota and extend the 8th west to take in all the state's northern Native American reservations and south to the northeast metro area. The second district, which is arguably the state's most politically competitive, uh, contracts, losing Goodhue and Wabasha counties. Uh, that could be a positive development for incumbent DFL Rep Angie Craig, who faces a rematch of the 2020 race uh, this year with Republican Tyler Kistner. Well, yeah, that's that. The second, I think, is is where there's really the only potential for change. Uh, the first con- first congressional district could be as well, uh, only because of the recent passing of Congressman Jim Hagedorn. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that story in in uh, the upcoming segments here this hour. But if we go back to 2020, let's 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 take a look back at there real quick. We saw that the suburbs really nationwide were uh, not favorable to uh, President Trump. The suburbs started to swing away from him. And we really saw that in 2018, the the first midterm of of President Trump's first term, where the Republicans were basically wiped out here in Minnesota in the suburbs. They went from a 20-seat advantage to an 18-seat disadvantage. Just like that. Okay, so they, well, obviously lost a net of uh, 18 seats that uh, particular election cycle. Is that right? Yeah, 18 seats. So Republicans went from 77 members to 59 members after the 2018 midterm. So, yeah, 18 seats lost. And the lion's share of it was in the first ring suburbs because Trump was not very popular in the first ring suburbs and then we and then in 2020 we saw that nationwide where there was where there was a really a political realignment down ballot members of congress you know running for US house and senate by and large did better in suburban areas than Trump himself and hence we saw a realignment where a lot of people you know there was ticket splitting where they voted for the republican in U.S. House races, but did not vote for Trump. They either voted third party or voted uh, for Joe Biden. So I bring all that up to say Tyler Kistner outperformed President Trump in the 2nd Congressional District in 2020. He lost to Angie Craig by two, two and a half points, whereas Trump lost to Biden, I think, by seven, eight points. So, uh, you know, 
I think so for from that standpoint, this would bode well uh for Republicans in what is antici- what is expected to be a red wave. And this is also kind of a uh, kind of a warning to to Republicans who are panicking seeing how all of the maps are being withdrawn are redrawn in some of these blue states and even the uh minority number of Republican seats shrank in states like Illinois and in New York. Well, again the caveat there is these were drawn into D plus one, D plus two districts. Okay, based on what we had in you know most recent elections. But now that Trump is not on the ballot, suburbs are starting to come back to the Republicans for the simple reason is like the public safety issue is extending from big cities out to first ring suburbs. And given the Democrats defund the police mantra as much as some moderate Democrats are trying to run away from it, you have people like Cory Bush, you know, of uh, St. Louis, Missouri, you know, part of the squad doubling down on the defunding the police and abolishing the police and what have you. The, the Democrats aren't able to get away from it. So the suburbs are going to definitely start to come back toward Republicans. But at the end of the day, 538, the stats website basically says there are four safe Republican seats, which would be the first, sixth, and seventh congressional districts, and three safe Democrat seats, which would be the third, fourth, and fifth congressional districts. And therefore, the second is the only toss-up. So that's something certainly to uh, to watch out for. But it certainly didn't help the Republicans losing rural counties like uh, Goodhue and Wabasha. Okay, as you know, uh, David Montgomery and Tim Pug- Pugmire note in this NPR story. Uh, what's real interesting is then David. Uh, once David Montgomery had a day or two to really pour over these maps, he. He his analysis indicates that the new legislative districts, you know, because, again, there are 134 House seats and 67 Senate seats. uh, These new legislative districts retain a slight Republican edge. Again, this is David Montgomery, NPRnews.org. Minnesota's new legislative maps rolled out this week will put millions of Minnesotans and dozens of lawmakers into new districts. I'm raising my hand on that one. I'm in a uh, new house. Well, everybody's in a new house district, but mine looks dramatically different. I'll explain that in a little bit. Uh, But they won't change the legislature's electoral status quo, a mostly competitive landscape where Republicans have a modest advantage in the quest for majorities. The new maps adjust legislative boundaries to equalize the number of people in each district after a decade of population change. Faster-growing areas saw their district boundaries contract to shed excess residents, while slower-growing areas grew to pick up additional people. Overall, more than two-thirds of Minnesotans will now find themselves in different legislative districts. Because Minnesota requires lawmakers to live in districts they represent, plenty of representatives and senators will now find themselves sharing a district with another incumbent lawmaker. Uh, just kind of a personal story, personal anecdote. Uh, I live currently as uh, in Senate District 35 and in House District 35A. I'm in up in uh, Ramsey, Ramsey and Oak area. Well, the current makeup of my Senate district is Ramsey, Anoka, Andover, and a little sliver of Northwest Coon Rapids. Well, after the new redistricting, I'm now in Senate District 31, House District 31A, and Anoka's gone. I've lived in this area for 13 and a half years, and this is the first time uh, I, w- I, I live up in Ramsey. This is the first time Anoka will not be part of the Senate district where I reside. Anoka and that small portion of Coon Rapids are now gone, and we've expanded. You know, we're in Ramsey, Andover. We've expanded north. I believe we get Ham Lake and East Bethel and just short of Isanti, just to kind of give you anecdotally. So, uh, the point is, is my current senator, uh, Senator Abler, and current House Rep, uh, John Heinrich, both reside in Anoka. So I'm going to have brand new representation at the legislature. Now, my congressman is Tom Emmer, and I still reside in the 6th. And unless Tom Emmer makes an 11th hour decision not to run again, which I have heard zero speculation of that, I'm going to retain my uh, congressman in Washington, D.C., or U.S. House members, to be more specific. So this is interesting. This is now an open seat, and a friend of the broadcast, Harry Niska, has 
made an announcement that he is going to be seeking the nomination, Republican nomination, in 31A. And Cal Barr, who is currently a House member uh, up in the East Bethel area, now he's part of my Senate district, whereas before he was not, he's been the only candidate that I know of that has indicated he's going to run for Senate, Minnesota State Senate, in uh, the new Senate District 31. So that, that's just an example of my area. There's been a lot of intriguing incumbents that have been paired up. I know down more further south, uh, Senators Rich Drayheim and Julie Rosen were paired up, and as a result, Julie Rosen, after nearly two decades in the Minnesota Senate, has indicated she's now retiring. Mary Kiffmeyer, who lives up close to my area, she's up in the Elk River, that area. Uh, she's in, she's n- recently announced she's going to retire. So this is what happens when there's redistricting. When uh, incumbents get paired, they you know kind of foresee that this might happen, and therefore they're making their plans, okay, if this happens, I'm going to move on, going to retire, what have you. So it's bringing up a lot of interesting speculation. So as David Montgomery says in this uh, particular uh, story, uh, the maps probably won't make a big difference in this fall's battle for control of the legislature. In total, the new boundaries put Democrats in a better position in a handful of House districts and tilt a Senate seat or two toward the Republicans. Overall, both chambers remain roughly competitive, Winnable by either party, depending upon the political environment. Well, to David, to the to the point of the headline in this story, new legislative districts retain slight GOP edge. This is a GOP. Uh, this looks like, at least for now, a GOP wave election. Again, I can never emphasize each and every week. Never underestimate Republicans' ability to screw this up. But because this is undeniably advantage Republicans nationwide because we have a Democrat in the White House and this is the first midterm of Joe Biden's presidency. Uh, I mean, this is just standard. This is just politics 101. The advantage favors the opposite party, the new incumbent president. That's just how it goes. So I think if Republicans really start to pick up a lot of these suburban seats, uh, it's looking real good. And we've got some fantastic candidates that have stepped up. Again, I just mentioned Harry Niska, another friend of the show who's filled in on this broadcast for me before Walter Hudson up in Albertville. He's running in a new house district up in the new, uh, I think it's 30 B not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, another friend of the show, Isaac Schultz, who used to be a, uh, assistant in the office of then house speaker, Kurt doubt when Republicans had the house, he's running up in his home area of Uppsala, which is just outside of the St. Cloud area. Uh, uh I start to sound like Sid Hartman here. Great young guy, Isaac Schultz, but no, Isaac is a fantastic young guy. We got some terrific candidates stepping up for Republicans in Senate and House seats. So I am very encouraged by the quality of candidates uh, that we have. Uh, and again, uh, it's going to be an interesting to keep an eye upon once it all, once the dust all settles, who's going to run for what. Uh, Vincent uh, is not on the phone. He did call in. He's asking how many fish I caught during Holes for Heroes and did I beat Mitch. Uh, Mitch and I tied with zero I don't fish. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm willing to try it, but this past uh, a week ago yesterday at Holes for Heroes was the coldest broadcast we have done in that venue. So once the broadcast was over, Mitch and I, we hit the bricks. We flagged down a uh, a four-wheeler and said, hey, can you take us to shore? We want to get back to uh, uh, get back to our cars here. So uh, that's what we did. But uh, thanks for the call, Vincent. We didn't attempt to fish, so we tied with uh, zero. 651 651- 289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And I also have the live stream up and running at our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Feel free to follow us there as well. Leave a comment or question in that comment section. And we'll be back in mere moments with me, Brad Carlson, the closer on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Jane came to Robbinsdale Women's Center excited to be pregnant, but she was being pressured by her boyfriend to abort. She wasn't sure she could do it on her own. When she heard the heartbeat and saw her baby, she knew she had to find a way. Through parenting classes and community resources at RWC, she received the help that she needed to choose life. 
Hi, I'm Eva. I'm one of the nurse sonographers at Robbinsdale Women's Center. I have the privilege of showing women their babies on ultrasound for the first time. Last year, 279 women at risk of aborting their babies instead chose life. Our goal at Robbinsdale Women's Center is to give accurate information on all pregnancy choices. All services are provided at no cost with no government funding. We rely on people like you who value women and their unborn babies. Since 1992, thousands of babies have been given the gift of life. Your donation to RWC will help save babies. Visit rwcinfo.org to donate. That's rwcinfo.org. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Get that back check attack. Rack shack barbecue. Pick it up or take it out. Rackshacktogo.com or rackshackdelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to rackshacktogo.com for pickup or rackshackdelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack barbecue. Ooh. The right to the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And we also have the live stream up and going. Go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And follow along on the uh, live stream. And we do have a comment section there available, so feel free to leave a comment or a question. And our friend Wild Wilson is down in Texas, of course, uh, saying he's got a nice sunny day uh, down there, and we always appreciate Wild's uh, support. Uh, checking in, always uh, saying hello and uh, from the great state of Texas. I've been uh, you know, threatening one of these days, Wild, to come visit Texas. Uh, I've got, we've got family and friends down there, my wife and me, so uh, we'll definitely look you up, Wild, if we ever do make it down there. That is, uh, that is for certain. Uh, of course, Texas is a huge state, so where our family and friends are could be you know, several hundred miles away from where Wild is, but nonetheless, we will definitely look him up. Uh, I did allude to in the uh, initial segment of the broadcast uh, the passing of Minnesota State, or not Minnesota State, uh, Minnesota Congressman uh, Jim Hagedorn. Uh, he had uh, passed away this uh, past, I believe it was Thursday evening at age 59. This is from a Star Tribune story. Minnesota U.S. Rep. Jim Hagedorn, an outspoken second-term Republican who said he ran to be a conservative reinforcement in Congress, died Thursday night after a long battle with kidney cancer. He was 59. A former congressman's son who still lived in Blue Earth, the town where he was born, Hagedorn flipped a blue seat to red in the 2018 midterms, a bright spot for the GOP as Republicans lost seats across the country, then eked out a re-election victory in 2020. During his time representing the 1st District, Hagedorn served on committees dealing with agriculture and small business. He pushed for legislation such as Unlocking Opportunities for Small Businesses Act and the PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, Flexibility for Farmers and Ranchers Act. 
Hagedorn was among the House Republicans who voted against certifying President Joe Biden's victory in two swing states after the January 6th insurrection. You have to say it dramatically, insurrection, and had also faced ethics concerns involving his congressional office. Of course, uh, Congressman Hagedorn was married to uh, Jennifer Carnahan. She was the former chair of the Republican Party of Minnesota, who then resigned after being mired in controversy uh, this past year. Uh, Jennifer is a uh, Facebook friend of mine, and she wrote this on her uh, personal Facebook page Friday morning. It is with a broken heart, shattered spirit, and overwhelming sadness. I share my husband, Congressman Jim Hagedorn, passed away peacefully last night. Jim loved our country and loved representing the people of southern Minnesota. Every moment of every day, he lived his dream by serving others. There was no stronger conservative in our state than my husband, and it showed in how he voted, led, and fought for our country. Jim was a loving husband, son, brother, uncle, cousin, nephew, friend, brother-in-law, son-in-law, Vikings, Penguins, and Twins fan, and will be missed and remembered by many. Uh, you know, it, I, I hesitate whether to to bring any of this up, but let's be honest, the, the past several months, uh, both Congressman Hagedorn and his wife Jennifer have been, you know, mired in controversy, obviously because of their close association with Anton Lazaro, very wealthy donor to the state Republican Party, who was revealed had a very sleazy private life, specifically allegations of tra- uh, sex trafficking of young girls, you know, under the age of 18. And, you know, I'm not, no one has alleged that Congressman Hagedorn or Jennifer Carnahan knew of these activities. No one is alleging that. And no, they would have no way of knowing, but it was horrible optics that whenever the state party, which was often having financial issues, uh, needed an influx of donor money or cash, uh, they'd often go to uh, Anton Lazaro for this. So this has obviously been mired uh, uh, Jim's life, and the fact that he announced uh, that he was diagnosed with kidney cancer in February of 2019, literally a month after he was sworn into his first term of office. And it was around the same time when Jim and Jennifer got married. So it's it's awful to think about this is how this has impacted their marriage. And within a year, Congressman Hagedorn announced that he was in remission and uh, because of the treatments he was receiving, he was good to go. And even while he had cancer, he rarely missed a vote, rarely missed getting back to Washington, D.C. to do the job and was always back home and meeting with constituents. And uh, I actually hosted the both of them on this very radio program back in early 2018. Uh, Jennifer was in her first year as Republican Party chair, and Jim was running for Congress for the third time. And it turns out the third time was the charm because Jim won that November. Now, if you he also ran in 2014 against then incumbent Congressman Tim Walls. And even though that was a Republican wave year in 2014, Walls had a pretty easy victory that was like by eight or nine points. But in 2016, Hagedorn lost by only half a percent to then Congressman Tim Walls. And it was at that point where I think Walls saw the writing on the walls like, yeah, this district is definitely becoming more uh, Trump friendly because the working class started to relate more with Trump than they were with with Democrats. And so Tim Walls saw that and decided not to seek re-election to his congressional seat in 2018 and instead run for governor, and we all know how that turned out. We have Governor Tim Walls today. So the interesting dynamic of this, and again, it, it sounds kind of cold and heartless, but there, this, there's a vacancy, and state law says if there is a vacancy between, I think it's 22 to 27 weeks, okay, there has to be a special election for the temporary vacancy, you know, for the remainder of this term that takes place on the same day as the Minnesota primary, which will also determine who the Republican candidate will be in Congressional District 1. So basically you have, on August 9th, this coming August 9th, you will have a special election to determine who fills the remainder of Congressman Hagedorn's term in the current version of Congressional District 1, And you will also be determining who will be the Republican candidate for Congressional District 1 
in the brand new district. You know, the lines that are recently drawn. Uh, confused? Yeah, I am too. I had to look up the statute to be sure I saw that correctly. Uh, Congressman Hagedorn passed away February 18th, so technically it's 24 and a half weeks uh, before uh, the um, primary election. And then, so as a result, the primary for the special election will have to take place on May 24th. It's just uh, uh, absolutely crazy. Definitely throwing a monkey wrench into things, but uh, our definitely sincere condolences to Congressman Hagedorn's loved one in this uh, tremendous loss. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Hi, my name's Joe Cordell. Sometimes in divorce, courts require the higher earner to pay to the other party what's called spousal support or alimony. Usually this order can be modified in certain circumstances, but such modifications are often complicated and are best entrusted to attorneys that are well acquainted with such matters. At Cordell & Cordell, that's our business. Remember, you're not alone. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Twin Cities attorneys, a partner men can count on. CordellCordell.com They say, if you love something, set it free. At LifeLock, we say, that's bull hockey. All that saving up and paying off debt just for some identity thief to set it free? Crazy talk. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com with promo code NEWS. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you ready to retire? Inflation is picking up, the markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. The stock market goes up and down is beyond your control. But you're at a point in your life where you can't afford to make big financial mistakes. I'm Al Iberoa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Our investment strategy allows you to go up with the stock market, lock in your gains, and when the stock market goes down, your investment won't lose a dime. This works for your investments, savings at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and literally never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Entries due February 26th. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Hey, America, you could win $5,000 a week forever from Publishers Clearinghouse. You heard me right. You could now win $5,000 a week paid to you every week for your whole life. Then after that, someone you choose gets five grand a week for their life. But you have to go to PCH.com before it's too late. There's just days left to enter to win, so go to PCH.com right now. You can't win if you don't enter. It's $5,000 a week forever. Go to PCH.com right now. That's PCH.com. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted each year, leading to injuries and death. They know that if someone doesn't lawfully comply or resists, force may have to be used to obtain compliance. Nobody likes it, especially police. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Don't argue, resist, or flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now. Complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. Learn more at nationalpolice.org. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I was remiss in not mentioning that um, you know, I was reading the story about, uh, sadly, Congressman Jim Hagedorn uh, passing away. Uh, Governor Tim Walz, who defeated Hagedorn in congressional races in 2014 and 2016, announced Friday that the state flag would be lowered to half-staff through sunset Saturday in Hagedorn's memory. So we uh, certainly appreciate the uh, the governor for making uh, that gesture. I, I imagine it's protocol when it's a... Uh, Sitting elected official, uh, I, I, I'm assuming. I, I guess I don't know the specific protocols, but uh, uh, there you have it. Uh, one other interesting side note, you know, um, 
it has been rumored, and it was reported by uh, another friend of the broadcast, Rebecca Brand, an independent journalist, that uh, Hagenhorn's now widow, Jennifer Carnahan, has actually been reaching out to delegates uh, talking about making a run in the special election. Now, again, the uh, primary would take place in May, 20, May 24th, so three months from now. That would determine who the Republican candidate would be, and then that candidate would run against the Democrat nominee in the August 9th special election. Again, that's for how the district currently is, and then they would serve out the remaining five months of the term. Um, so I, I'm I'm going to be fascinated to watch this because can somebody run concurrently uh, in the special uh, election to fill out the remainder of the term as well as the primary to be the candidate, potential candidate in the newly drawn district? Uh, I'm not familiar with the law on that. I would think that would be a little dubious, but I, I'm, I'll be back with an update on this. This is something that's going to be worth worth watching because, like I say, Jennifer Carnahan is one of the noted uh, potential candidates. And there was speculation that when Jim's cancer returned um, last year that she was kind of positioning herself to run in the uh, in that district because she started going by Jennifer Carnahan Hagedorn on Twitter. And people looked at it, looked at that as a transparent attempt to, you know, uh, jump right into the race once once Jim passed away. Uh, again, I don't I don't want to um, speak ill of the uh, certain. Not going to speak ill of the dead. I have nothing uh, bad to say about uh, uh, Congressman Hagedorn. Uh, I've had my criticisms with uh, uh, Jennifer Carnahan in the past, but now is not really the time to re-air those old grievances. I'm just telling you what's being reported here, and I'll just uh, I will just leave it at that. I do want to transition to a uh, another big story here. Uh, the sentencing was handed down to ex-Brooklyn Center police officer Kimberly Potter. Uh, this is from a Star Tribune story. Former Brooklyn Center police officer Kimberly Potter was sentenced Friday to two years in prison for fatally shooting Dante Wright, a decision handed down by a judge who fought tears as she called the case the saddest of her career. The sentence is about three and a half times lower than the presumptive prison term, a little over seven years, recommended by state sentencing guidelines for a defendant like Potter convicted of first-degree manslaughter with no criminal and with no criminal history. Hedeman County District Judge Regina Chu said the lower term was appropriate uh, because Potter was unlikely to reoffend and was not a threat to society and because she meant to use her taser when she fired her handgun. We do have the audio of that. Jacob, do we have a cut number one available? Okay. Uh, this is uh, cut number one. It's Sometimes it's difficult to hear, so um, maybe bring the button uh, volume up where appropriate. But uh, Judge Regina Chu, uh, this is the, uh, uh, the statement she gave just prior to the two-year sentence handed down to Kim Potter. Cut number one. Officer... Kimberly Potter was trying to do the right thing. Of all the jobs in public service, police officers have the most difficult one. They must make snap decisions under tense, evolving, and ever-changing circumstances. They risk their lives every single day in public service. Get a little choked up there. Officer Potter made a mistake that ended tragically. She never intended to hurt anyone. Her conduct cries out for a sentence significantly below the guy. Okay, thank you. Okay. So, uh, as you can imagine, I mean, I, I can't imagine what the parents of, of Dante Wright were feeling. And again, some of the people mocked the parents for, because uh, they they kind of said, you know, my our, my son was shot through the heart, and this verdict was a shot through our hearts, and people mocked them 
for making that metaphor. And you know what? These are grieving parents who lost a 20-year-old. I don't care what this young man had done. And yeah, he uh, had a checkered past. He had a criminal history. And obviously his being arrested that April day was because he had a warrant out for his arrest for carrying a gun without a permit. That's a violation of the law. It just is. But these are grieving parents, and I'm not going to pick pile upon them for, for making that statement. And I also feel incredible sorrow on behalf of these parents. I can't imagine what it's like losing a child. That, in and of itself, regardless of the circumstances, is just heart-wrenching. And that's not something you get over in a year, much less decades. Okay, I mean, I've known parents, you know, I'm in, I'm in my early 50s, and I've you know, my wife and I have friends who have lost children, you know, say 20 and 30 years ago. It never goes away, the pain. I mean, you just learn to deal with it better. And yet, to lose their child in such awful circumstances, and then to see your son's killer receiving, it's two years in, in jail, but she'll be released after 16 months and then be on supervised uh, probation for the next eight months to fulfill the two-year sentence. So I, I, I understand the perspective of the parents, how heart-wrenching that is. So, like I say, I, I can't be critical for them using that metaphor. But here's what the perspective I'd like to take. A lot of people are decrying this sentence, saying it's way too light. Look, she was, whatever you think of the decision of the jury to convict Kimberly Potter of first-degree manslaughter, and I thought that was an overcharge of what I know the difference between the first and second-degree manslaughter, but whatever. The jury made its decision, and they have to live with it. So whatever you think of the sentence and you think, okay, it should have been the minimum guidelines are seven years, two years, what's that? That's unjust. I would ask you if you are genuinely outraged at this and you were one of the people that took to causing destruction of some Brooklyn Center shops and establishments and what have you, if you're genuinely outraged over the sentence and you feel it's too light, in fact, I'll grant you that. I'll even grant you, for sake of argument, I'll say, yeah, it's too light, it's too lenient. How do you square that circle with, particularly here in the Twin Cities, so many repeat offenders being granted light sentences, and then once they get out of jail or, say, they just receive probation, they go out and reoffend and commit even more egregious crimes and more violent crimes and egregious offenses? How do you square that circle? I mean, were, were you just as outraged when career criminals have been giving seemingly lighter sentences? I mean, we're learning about this constantly. I mean, violent crime is through the roof here in the Twin Cities. And it's not just the major cities of St. Paul and Minneapolis. This is happening in first-ring suburbs now. Violent carjacking is taking place in St. Louis Park and Edina. And what we learn about the perpetrators of these crimes when they're captured is they have long rap sheets. And their most recent crimes, you know, they were in jail for a violent crime for, you know, a handful of months or maybe a year or so, and they're let out and they reoffend. So did, did that not strike you as outrageous while that was happening? Or is your anti-cop bias so overwhelming that you just want to lock up cops, throw away the key for these offenses they commit? And there's a difference between this and Derek Chauvin. Okay, Derek Chauvin has had a history of issues on the police force. And what he did was far more egregious. I mean... Killing George Floyd, that wasn't the result of a snap decision, okay? We saw the video. We don't need to rehash that. But how can you look at that video of Kim Potter shooting Dante Wright and construe that as anything but just an awful, horrible, fatal mistake? And the way she reacted in the aftermath, you know, not having her wits about her, you know, she had shot somebody and he drove away in his car, and it's like instead of having concern with, 
maybe oncoming traffic, seeing this car driving out of control, you know, she was bent over saying, oh, my God, I'm going to jail. It's basically what she said. So if you're outraged over this light sentence for Kim Potter, then I hope you are expending the same amount of outrage over career criminals with long rap sheets, getting little to no jail time, and getting out and reoffending and creating more havoc and more violent crimes. Okay? Because do we honestly think that after 16 months... Kim Potter is going to be a danger to society. Do you really think that? I mean, honest question. If you think that, I'd like to hear from you. You know, or what is the whole purpose of sending people to jail? I mean, the other side of the argument I hear is like, well, okay, yeah, we know she didn't mean to do it, but there's consequences for your actions. Okay, you have to, you still have to pay a price. You can be remorseful all you want, but there's a statute in place, you know, First-degree manslaughter, minimum seven years, you, you, you'd have to adhere to that. Okay, okay, fine. Then uh, what's what, what would be uh, the minimum statute, minimum sentencing for an 18-year-old, 19-year-old man raping a 13-year-old girl? What would be the minimum for that? Because there was a case that was came through that those very, uh, those very factors. 18-year-old young man raped a 13-year-old girl. And just got probation, not even any jail time. So don't you think someone like that might be more of a danger to society? So first, if if there's accountability, where's the accountability for that? I mean, are we jailing people because they need to be accountable or because they're, uh, they're a threat to society after they get out or both? So again, for those who decided to, uh, you know, smash windows in these Brooklyn Center uh, businesses and uh, they were going after, I think, a holiday store up there as well. If if you're outraged over what you see as the light sentence of Kim Potter, then um, I don't advocate smashing burning buildings or you know, uh, looting or anything like that. But where is your outrage for these career criminals, these long rap sheets, getting out of jail in a matter of months? And it's not a coincidence that violent crime is spiking. Not Again, not only in the Twin Cities area, Minneapolis-St. Paul, but in first-ring suburbs. So anyways, uh, we do have to uh, take a break here real quick, but we do want to get this phone call uh, before we go to a break. Mike and Egan is on line one. Mike, we have about a minute or two. Go ahead. Hello, Brad. Mike, how are you? I'm good. Hey, um. I can be. I, I can wrap this up in less than a minute. But uh, what we and I think I may have called before and commented on this. But what we're seeing is basically a perversion of the justice system. Right. And we've seen these areas in the country where certain people that have money, uh, uh, George Soros, let's say, yep, get these DAs in, and they don't prosecute some of these crimes and. You folks out there, you can see it where Cruz, Ted Cruz interviews people in the hearings and the crimes that aren't being prosecuted. And, yeah, it's it's a perversion of the system. And I'll just leave it with this. Uh, the mostly peaceful protest in Canada, if they were clad in black, burning and destroying property, would that be okay? Because it seemed like a lot of people got off scot-free, and I think regular folks— see this perversion and who just want fairness and decency and it's not happening and i'll leave the last point will be this i go right back to barack obama he did everything possible in his justice department to incite racial division i'll leave it there thank you sir thanks for the call uh phone call mike yeah you're exactly right uh you know well look at the freedom fund in the aftermath of the uh, summer of 2020 riots and looting in, in response to George Floyd. Even the vi- then-vice presidential candidate, now-vice president Kamala Harris, donated to that. Okay? So, yeah, and these some of those people got out and uh, committed even, like I said, even more egregious offenses. So uh, we'll wrap this hour up coming back in mere moments. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. 
Brad Carlson and Closer coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. I'm AM1280, The Patriot. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM1280, The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Hi, I'm Cole with The Kingdom Builders. I read a devotion the other day that quoted a musician, Arthur Rubenstein. He would say that he could never omit his daily practice on the piano. He said that if he missed practice for three days, the public would know it. If for two days, his friends would know it. And even if for one day, he himself knew it. It is no less true in a Christian's life that in order to keep our lives in tune with his, there must never be a break in the study of God's word. If we leave off for only one day, we shall become conscious of the loss of power in living. If for two days, our friends around us will notice the failure in the beauty, the sweetness, and the grace of our character and disposition. If for three days we fail to study the scriptures, to see how God would have us live, even the people of the world will see a lowering of the spiritual quality of our life. We are called to be beacons of hope to the world, to be set apart. If you have any questions, feel free to send me an email at cole at thekingdombuilders.com. Education is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for your children. To get half off, it's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish, his better half, and we're from Oakdale. We wanted a strong Christian school with conservative values. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. I asked the station several times to make sure that I understood that there weren't strings attached, and, and there were no strings attached. The impact on our kids has been amazing. Their critical thinking is stronger, and they're better equipped for life. Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults. Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Are you thinking about selling your home as is and wondering if that's really the smartest option? If you want to know which updates will get you top dollar, call Connie Tupin with Remax Results for your free consultation. Put her 50 years of experience to work for you. She guarantees you'll have a smooth transition into your new home. Call 952-261-9222 or email Connie Tupin, T-O-U-P-I-N at Comcast.net. That's Connie, T-O-U-P-I-N at Remax Results. Join the Freedom Fan Club today and you could win a copy of our Regnery Book of the Month, Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order by Stephen Mosier. Register to win at am1280thepatriot.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final short segment this hour. And if you have a uh, pithy phone call, pithy, got to be careful how I say that word, pithy phone call, 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. Again, we only have a few minutes left this hour. But I did want to go back to a story that was published by Fox 9 uh, just under two months ago, or a little more than two months ago, I should say. I'll just uh, read it, and you can determine how it fits into my previous segment. Uh, A proposal from the State Sentencing Guidelines Commission to shorten some sentences for offenders who commit new crimes while on probation has Republicans and police groups at odds with community activists and the man who runs Minnesota prisons. The 11-member commission, which includes eight people appointed by Governor Tim Walz, plans to make a final decision in January. 30 people signed up to testify at a public hearing, and the commissioner, uh, commission's chair said the debate has been so intense that some members have faced personal attacks over the proposal. Minnesota operates on a point system, so repeat offenders face longer sentences than first-time offenders. Seems rational. The commission's plan, which would take effect August 1 if it passes, would take away a point for some offenders who commit new crimes while on probation or supervisory release. 
So again, this opens up the proverbial can of worms. I was I was mentioning the story, and let me see. I uh, linked to it earlier. Just want to be sure I have the facts straight on this. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a Dakota County judge, uh, Dakota County judge, uh, Dakota County District Court Judge Jamie Cork sentenced an Apple Valley man, and this was uh, just this past week, to 10 years probation following his guilty plea to raping a 13-year-old girl. Uh, Brandon Glenn Corbett, age 18, pled guilty to one count of criminal sexual conduct in the third degree after raping a 13-year-old girl. He met in a park at Lakeville. He later bragged about the incident on social media, court documents showed. And this was from a story that was written by Jeffrey Van Nest at the Center of the American Experiment. So, basically, if this commission, this panel, who was talking about this point system, if, according to their plan, and again, it would take effect August 1st if it passes, this Corbett guy raped a 13-year-old girl, he would have a point taken away if he would commit a new crime while on probation or supervisory release, okay? He's getting no jail time, so he's technically on probation. So, uh, again, this is just absolutely outrageous. So, again, I, I can be convinced that former officer Potter got a light sentence because she was convicted by a jury of first-degree manslaughter, whether you agree with the jury's decision or not whether you agree with where the trial was fair or not, okay, that's what they handed down. And I could be convinced. But, again, if your argument is, well, okay, yeah, she's not a danger to society, and no and no, no rational person would think she's a danger to society, she has to pay the price for what she's done, okay? Well, then you need to apply that same logic and that same standard to these people who are committing these awful atrocities and getting probation or short sentences and getting out and reoffending because it's turning us into kind of a Mad Max era. And I'm not real interested in that in the greater Twin Cities. I'll just leave it at that. Hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Let you out into the world. As a former congressman and the ranking member on the Judiciary Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives, Doug Collins knows what it means to fight for what he believes. And on every episode of the Doug Collins podcast, he'll explore all topics from politics to life advice and blend them together for a well-rounded discussion that you can use to get the most out of your life. The Doug Collins podcast. Subscribe today on Apple, Google, Spotify, and at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. You want to feel important. You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. But our part-time service in the Army National Guard means we get to be more. When our communities are in need, we get the chance to stand up and do something about it. We get to serve in our own region and help the people we call neighbors. From the lakeshores of Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. The fertile fields of Indiana, Illinois, and Iowa to the wide open plains of North and South Dakota. We are here for our hometowns. 
And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Get that Rack Shack Attack, Rack Shack Barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a barbecue flavor that will blow your mind. Get that Rack Shack Attack, oh, Rack Shack Barbecue. Make fresh daily cater to you. Homemade sauces, secret rubs too. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.